Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Grace and peace. Yo, 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 Epiphany. What's good? Good morning to you. It is so good to be here worshiping with you virtually today. Uh, It's Psalm 48 that says, Great is the Lord, and he is greatly to be praised in the city of our God. Any and every opportunity that we have to worship Jesus, whether it is in person, whether it is virtual, whether it is outside, whether it is inside, whether it is on the train or in the car, anytime you get to worship and praise God, it is a good moment to glorify him. I am personally so glad to be back in the pulpit today, back before you uh, preaching the word of God. I've been on a five-week sabbatical. By God's grace, uh, the Lord and the church has allowed me to uh, take some time off every year in the month of August, and it's a good time of being refilled and good time of spending time with the family and catching up on reading and and I don't know if you can catch up on rest, but resting and resting. I slept in so many days and uh, it, it was just good. And I want to thank God for everybody that held um, held things down while I was out. That's the tech team and those who are in here right now on the cameras and Ed and his crew and the worship team, Josh and the worship team. Grateful for you. Speaking of worship, I, I don't know if you guys saw this on social media, but um, Rob is on his way uh, out to the West Coast. Uh, this is his last service. This is his last time leading worship uh, until he heads out. And uh, man, I just want to say I'm so proud of Rob. I'm so grateful for Rob. I remember when he first came to our church and used to sit on the left side and um, to see him jump in the way he did and not just on stage or serving, but just as a person, just as an amazing human being and a godly believer that is growing in his faith. I am grateful for him and we will certainly miss him. Uh, I am sad every time I think about him not being here. We have a few more weeks with him, uh, but uh, this is his last Sunday leading worship. So if y'all could do me a favor in the chat room, just say, I love you, Rob. Just put that in all caps. If you could just flood that on Facebook and flood that on Uh, our YouTube channel. Give Rob some love as he has led us so, so, so faithfully. Uh, As I was out, uh, man, you guys were in good hands. You guys, you probably did not even miss me. You were in great hands with Pastor Stephen Chandler. Uh, He did an amazing job. God has really used him um, in Baltimore, but God used him uh, over the last four weeks uh, of our church. He used him to prophetically speak into our church as he preached a sermon series called Crossing Over. And um, man, I, I don't even know if he knows how profound that sermon series was for our church as we we're in a very transition, transitional season and moving to another season and kind of turning a corner. I think God used him in a great way. And I'm just so grateful for him pastoring us through the church and pastoring us through the word, pastoring the church. And my, um, my oldest son, Uh, Josh just went off to college. We sent him down to Morgan State in Baltimore. And by God's grace, his campus is not too far from the church, uh, from Union Church, Pastor Stephen Chandler's church. So last Sunday, he was at his uh, college pastor's church, uh, Pastor Stephen Chandler's church. And 
he was there and, and learning uh, that new context and navigating school life. So I'm grateful for Pastor Chandler, not just preaching to our church, but also continuing to invest in the life of another generation, specifically my son. I also just want to give a shout out to Pastor Timmy. Did a phenomenal job last week. I love, love, love Pastor Timmy. I love Io. I love Nathaniel, aka NJ. Uh, just a beautiful family that has uh, served so well, and I love serving alongside of him. Um, let's get into the word. That's why I'm here. If you can grab your Bibles and if you can get to the first book of the Bible, we're in the book of uh, of Genesis. Genesis. Once you get to Genesis, go to chapter 32. Hey, do me a favor. Uh, do me a favor and just text somebody. Let them know that we're live. Share this link with somebody. Um, hit somebody up. Tell them we're going to get in the Word. We're not going to be long, but I do believe that um, God is kind of steering some things, and I would love to spend some time in the Word to help us to navigate uh, as a collective body. Uh, as you turn there, you should know that I have a very important announcement next week. When I say an important, incredibly exciting announcement next week, uh, something I want to lay before you, something that we've been working on for a long, 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 long time. Um, God has opened up some doors and shown some favor and shown some grace, and I, I can't wait to share the news with you. Uh, I was sworn to secrecy for this week, so I wanted to come and t- talk to you about it today, but uh, I, was, I was told I couldn't do it. So next week, Pay attention to your social media. Uh, Pay attention to our live stream as I want to just kind of lay some things out that I think is going to excite you. It it probably will excite your friends uh, and everybody that's connected uh, here in Brooklyn. It's just going to be an exciting time. Um, All right, let's get in the word, because if I keep talking, I'm just going to say it. So I got to I got to pull back and just start reading the word. Genesis 32. You'll give me your attention (laughs) In verse uh, 22, we'll do 22 to the end of the chapter. I don't know how long we'll go in this, but we'll see how far we can get. Verse 22 says, the same night he, meaning Jacob, maybe you want to put that in your Bible somewhere. Just make note, this is Jacob we're talking about. The same night he, Jacob, arose and he took his two wives and his two female servants and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that they had. Please pay attention to that. And Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket. And Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said to Jacob, uh, then he said, your name shall no longer. He said, my name is Jacob. He said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God, make note of that, and with man and have prevailed. And Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. And he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him so Jacob called the name of that place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. The sun rose upon him as he passed Peniel. Please make note that Peniel was spelled two different ways. That is not a clerical error. That is not a typo. Um, 
I don't have time to dig into it. There's not a good consensus on on it. It's the same place, but you should look it up in your time uh, of study and devotion. It says the sun rose upon as he passed Peniel limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the people of Israel do not eat the sinew that of the thigh that is on the hip socket because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of the thigh. I want to preach today from the topic, simple topic, wrestling with God. If you could do me a favor and just type that in the chat room for me, wrestling with God. Let's look to the Lord as we dig in. Uh, Father, we're amazed by you. We're, 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 we're in awe. We are awestruck by you. We are fans. We are servants. We are followers. We are sons and daughters of you. And so, Father, we're back at it again. And as we dig into your word, we do pray that your spirit will move upon us. Would you teach us through your word? Did you be so kind to speak to us today as we spend a few minutes talking about this crazy passage? It's in Christ's name we do pray and give all glory. Amen. Wrestling with God. Over the past few months, um, I I have spent a ton of time praying for you. Uh, And when I say a ton of time, I've I've prayed for you as individuals. Sometimes I'm praying and your your face will come up uh, before me and I'll, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for your family. I've prayed for your children I prayed for specific situations that some of you have told me about before I went out on sabbatical. I've prayed for your emotional space. I've prayed for our leaders. I've prayed for our volunteers. I've prayed for our ministries. I've prayed for fresh vision as we continue to move the church forward. I've prayed for the next season. I've said this in the beginning, but I genuinely mean this. I believe that we're on the brink of something new. And I don't just believe that collectively as a church. I believe that individually for you. I believe that there is something new. Something happens when you move uh, from summertime into the fall. Some, there's some, something that happens then and also in the new year. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know how God works this out. But I do believe that there is something fresh that is about to take place. And uh, that's why I said I believe that Pastor Chandler was so prophetic with how he moved us and really encouraged our hearts over the last four weeks. And whenever I pray, I'm, I'm often walking away from my time of prayer and looking for my journal. And I sit down, I grab my journal. Sometimes I don't have my journal handy, so I, I grab my, my, my handy-dandy phone and I, and I go into the notes section and I'll throw notes in there after prayer. I don't do it all the times, but, but sometimes when I feel like I'm speaking to the Lord and it's a conversation, he's speaking back to me. I know that's, listen, that ain't always the case. Sometimes you were in a room and you feel like that prayer went up and came back down. But there are times where I feel very connected to the Lord where I can I can pray something and I feel like the Lord is speaking back. And those times I want to grab my device or grab my my journal and I want to jot that down. And as I was praying for you guys and praying for our church, I found myself constantly going back to my journals and writing what would make the church healthier. And one of the things I often was grabbing a hold to was systems and structure. 
systems and structure. I would get my phone and I would put systems in my phone and I would put, because I'm automatically thinking a healthy church is made up of a church that has systems in place and structure. And yes, that is true. We, we need a good assimilation process into the church. When a new believer comes into the church, what does discipleship look like? What does baptism look like? What does it look like to commit yourself to the body? Because being a believer and being isolated from the body is oxymoron. You were made to be be a part of something, of a community. So I found myself writing down all of these systems and structures for the children's ministry and system changes for women's uh, engagement and, and, and system structures for how the men get time together and how does our finances work and how, how, how does giving work and how does the budget work. And I found myself every time I prayed for the church, I went to systems and structure. And there was one time I was praying for the church and um, I went in the backyard. I have a very small backyard. And I'm sitting down and I'm praying. And I grab my journal and I start to write in my journal. And it was almost as though the Lord stopped me from writing about systems and structures for a minute. As, as important as that is. He's like, there's something that you are missing. And that is healthy people. Don't, don't miss this. Healthy churches are made up of healthy people. You can have all the systems in place and all the structure in place. But if you don't have spiritually healthy people that are growing, not perfected people, because perfection is chasing a ghost. Spiritual perfection is chasing. There is only one person that walked this earth and was spiritually perfect. And that was Jesus and Jesus alone. All of us are striving to look like him. And that, 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 that process of striving is often falling and getting bumps and getting bruises. But the reality is you can fall and get bumps and bruises. And how you get back up is a sign of your health. Spiritual health. Healthy churches are made up of healthy people. Healthy singles that are serious about their faith and won't settle for being surface Christians. What is that? A Christian that's not growing. A Christian that stays the same. Healthy churches are made up of healthy marriages. Marriages that are devoted to one another and one another alone, but also making sure that Jesus is central in that marriage. Healthy marriages. Healthy, healthy leaders who are serious about serving, but understand even volunteers that understand my service. I told the, the team that's in here today, Colossians 3, that serve as unto the Lord, not unto man. Healthy people, because that is what makes a healthy church. And yes, systems and structure is important. But God really challenged me, and as he challenged me, I just want to simply challenge you about your spiritual life. Now, let's be honest. that the, the pandemic has not been conducive for our spiritual growth. Can we be honest, at least in this room? Like, it's been hard to maintain growing. It's, it's really easy to stay flat and stay the same. I'm not saying I'm denouncing Christianity. I'm not saying I'm not following Jesus no more. I'm simply saying every now and then, I just get real, real stagnant in my faith faith. Is that anybody's testimony that's piped on today? Every now and then, my, I feel just like a surface Christian. I don't, I don't have to dig deep, and I understand that this pandemic has kind of messed some of us up, but your relationship is important with the Lord, and God brought me back off sabbatical by his grace to really challenge you to understand you got to take your spiritual growth serious. You've got to take time with God serious because God is tired of being treated as a side chick. 
God is tired of be treating as that thing that you just fit in. That God is tired of be treating, get tired of being treated as the thing that you are barely making time for. And as we prepare ourselves for a new season, don't do so without understanding that your personal spiritual growth is important. Listen, it's true for the church, but it's also true for you. Don't you dare go into another season with that same spiritual rhythm that you had in the last one. Don't, don't you dare go into a new season with the same prayer life. Don't go into the new, new season barely skimming your word. But one of the things I understand about this new season is that if you take a new job and you still have the same spiritual rhythms, something's wrong. Because God never saved you with the intent that you would stay the same. God saved you so that you would grow. I say this all the time, but if an infant was born and never grew, we would say something's wrong. We, we, by, by nature, we want to see that infant grow into a toddler, and then we want to see him grow into a, or she grow into a teenager, and then we want to see them grow into an adult and grow old. The, the growth is, is, a, is natural. It's a part of the process and spiritual growth. For some reason, it's, it's only when it comes to spiritual growth that we think we can stay the same and we're okay. No, we're not okay. So as a church, God has challenged me to challenge you to take your relationship with him serious don't you dare go into a new relationship with somebody and not have grown spiritually don't you dare take on new responsibilities at work and not have grown spiritually don't don't you dare get into that new thing or whatever it is God is doing and not have grown spiritually because you can't go into a new season with spiritual dryness and really what we need it's not just systems and structure. It's time to get in the ring with God and wrestle with him. That's what we need. We, we need to be challenged by God. We, we need that moment where it's just one-on-one -on -one time with God and we come to a passage where Jacob is going to teach us how to do that. We, we come to a passage where Jacob, watch Jacob's, J Jacob's interaction with God here. We come into a passage where Jacob is wrestling with God. And I don't know about you, but wrestling with God ain't an easy process. He, he, he's literally fighting with God. I have three points and three points only. I think these three points will kind of guide our time. I don't know how far we'll get in the passage, but let's just see where we can get. Here's my three points. They're going to pop up on the screen somewhere. Point number one, you have to prepare to spend time with God. Let me say that again. You have to prepare to spend time with God. Point number two, God often will break us in order to align us with his will. We hate that. Point number three, God's breaking process reveals to us the power of our flesh. Let me say those three things again. You have to prepare to spend time with God. Point number two, God often will break us in order to align us with his will. And then finally, point number three, God's breaking process reveals to us the power of our flesh. Let's deal with the first one. You have to prepare to spend time with God. Pick this up. Verse 22. The same night he, meaning Jacob, arose and took his wives, his two wives, his two female servants, uh, his 11 children, and crossed the ford of Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that they had. Watch this. And Jacob was left alone. And Jacob was left 
alone. They say the third time's a charm, and Jacob was left alone. Jacob is in solitude right now. Jacob is isolated right now. He is in a remote location. There is no family. There are no flocks around him. There is no servants. There is nobody pulling on him for leadership. There's nobody asking him questions. There's nobody checking in with him. That He is not checking his calendar to see what else I have for the day. He is simply alone, but he is not just alone. He is alone with God. And please note that before Jacob could get time alone with God, he first had to plan and prepare to be alone with God. Don't you miss this. This is probably the deepest point I got. You have to plan and prepare to spend time with God. See, we read this and we move pretty quickly over it. But he took his two wives, his two children, uh, his his, uh, two servants. He took 11 children and all of his possessions, and he crossed the stream of Jabak. See, we read this and we move past it, but you don't understand how much work went into him preparing to be alone with God. You, you got to understand that, that this river, the Jabak, Jabak River, it, it really was, it's a deep river, but it's also very rapid in its current. Many people that tried to cross that river did not make it. But Jacob doesn't only cross the river. Jacob crosses the river with 15 other people and all of his possessions. He took everything that he had. He prepared the family to get across this stream, set them in a location, and then went alone to be with God. And it was a lot of work just so he could commune with his God. you got to prepare to spend time with God. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we had this same work ethic to get time alone with God? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we put this much thought and preparation into spending time with God? Unfortunately, we don't make preparation uh, uh, an important priority of our life. Unfortunately, we've learned over time, especially through the pandemic, to just put God in and pencil him in wherever we can. Jacob took 15 people And all of his stuff to cross a dangerous river only to get time with God. What have we done to get alone with God? We look at our schedule and we never put God in. We skim the word. And let me let me just put it out there this way. Skimming the word worked in the last season. It won't work in the next one. Barely getting time of prayer worked in the last season, but it won't work in this season neglecting to get time with the body and other believers so that you are sharpened and you are challenged and you are sharpening and you are challenging people. It worked in the last season, but it will not work in the next season. Throwing up a quick prayer while you're on the train worked in the last season, but it won't work in the next season. Don't hear me say don't throw up quick prayers. Yes, listen, I I do it all day. It's, It's important every now and then to just pop up a prayer and God is so dope and how he's able to take everybody's prayers and he's not confused. So please throw the pop-up prayers in there on the train. But every maturing believer knows that every now and then you got to set 30 minutes aside and just get with God. Every maturing believer knows that I got to put an hour in. Sometimes you got to put it on your calendar and say time with God. Put dog, D-A-W-G, day alone with God. Sometimes you just got to pull away and get time with God because that stuff worked in the last season, but it will not work in the next season. I'm not just talking about us collectively as a church. I'm also talking to you. I'm talking to somebody that knows that you have been 
skimming and, and, and very surface with Christianity. Can anybody be honest in the chat room? Y'all don't know if y'all are just listening today or what, but can you be honest in the chat room and say, I got to go deeper in my faith. I got to go deeper with prayer. We can all pray more. I got to go deeper in my reading of the word. I got to go deeper in my fellowship. Well, guess what? Preparation is key. Do not think that this thing just happens by osmosis. It doesn't. Josh, I've tried that. I've tried just, oh, it's going to happen at some point. I'm just going to spiritually grow. I'm just going to get time with God. It doesn't happen like that. Healthy churches are made up of healthy people. Healthy people become healthy spiritually because they've prepared to spend time with God. That means some of you need the discipline of waking up 15 to 20 minutes earlier to get it in with God. That means that some of you, that means you can't spend your, your lunch break watching IG reels and watching TikTok. The other day, somebody tipped me a TikTok and I looked at the TikTok and I, I scrolled and saw another one and I scrolled and saw another one. Next thing I know, I'm on TikTok for two hours. Y'all know how addictive they, am I the only one? Can, can somebody else back me up in the chat room or back me up in this room? Is there anybody that found yourself on social media longer than you should have? We've wasted, we are, you can't get that time back. But God is like, Jacob moved mountains to get time with me. Why is it that we, we, we're surface when it comes to our time with God? And the reality is God wants that time with you. We need the discipline of picking a Bible plan and sticking with it. We need the discipline. Some of you may not be visual, so you need audio. There are great. Check out Dwell, the, the, the app Dwell. I mean, you, I mean, there are some amazing apps out there, Bible apps out there for you. Of course, you, you, can, you can, you know, do the U version, but th this Dwell is amazing. There, you can pick different languages. I get uh, Felix. He's from Africa, and he just reads the word to me. I mean, sometimes that is what we need. We need the, the discipline of picking a Bible plan and sticking with it. Some of us picked that seven-day Bible plan. You went back on it. It's like five days behind. Six. Y'all, am I the only one that be looking at my thing like, Dag, I'm so dysfunctional. I'm, I know I do it. So don't, don't tell me you don't do it. We, we all have fallen off. But the reality is God is sitting there like, but I want time with you. I, I, wanna, I miss you. I'm not mad at you. I'm not angry. But when I look at my son Jacob and how he moved mountains to get time with me, why are you not moving mountains to get time with God? We cannot go into the next season as a church with uh, all of us skimming. You, you cannot go into the next season of your life skimming. It worked before. It will not work in the future. I promise it. So as I'm thinking about my own spiritual walk and I'm thinking there was a few dry seasons I had over the last year, year and a half. And I'm thinking about what are, what are the things that throw me off with my relationship with the Lord? Can I just get real practical and give you a few? One of the things that throws me off is overeating or bad eating habits. I don't know the connection. I can't figure it out. But for some reason, if my eating habits are all over the place and I'm overeating all the time, personally, for me, it affects my spiritual walk with the Lord. I don't know what it is, but I've put my finger on it. That is a trigger for me. Do you know your triggers? Staying up too late, constantly. Not spending enough time going to sleep. I don't wake up fresh. I don't wake up ready. I don't wake up hungry to get it in with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Too many nights in a row will mess me up spiritually. I can't figure it out, but it messes me up. 
Too much social media, I've said this to you already, too much social media pulls me away from getting time in the word. I don't know about this one, but gossiping. Gossiping messes me up. I, I don't, if I get on the phone and we talking about everybody, for some reason, God does something to my spiritual walk. It, it, it just, it messes me up. Too much tension in all of my relationships. I'm, if, I'm, if I'm having issues with Ty and she mad at me and I got issues with the kids and, you know, for issues with my friends and issues with other family members, for some reason, all of the tension around me messes me up. And maybe that's why Jacob is like, I got to take all the family and put them over here and I got to go over here and spend some time alone with God so that when I get back to them, they get the good spiritual fresh you. Time alone with God. How about when I'm full of anxiety? When I'm anxious about something? I can't sleep and I'm just kind of all over the place. Sometimes I don't even know what I'm anxious about. Anybody deal with anxiety? You just kind of, you just up all night. You, you know, you, you, you mentally cannot shut your brain off. I know I'm talking to somebody. Jacob moved everything, all obstacles. He moved, he moved family. He moved his possessions. He moved the servants. He moved the kids. He put everything aside just to get time with the Lord. What, what, what is it that is hindering you from spending time with the Lord? What, what, can you type that in, those of you who are bold? What distractions in your life stop you from getting time with God? Well, what are those distractions? I just named mine. Well, I put myself on blast. What are, what are the things that stops you from consistently getting time with the Lord? Most of us don't like to spend time with the Lord because we haven't prepared. Preparation is key. But also, some of us haven't spent time with the Lord because when we do get time in devotion, it is the process of devotion that he breaks our will. Uh-oh. We know that when we get into that time of prayer, we're going to come out going, God, you really want to do it that way? We, we, we know that if we get time with the body, somebody's going to challenge us. And we don't like to be around people that is, are, are in our business. But I don't know about you. I need somebody in my business. I need somebody to say, that's a little off. What's that? You did what? How? Why did you do that? And unfortunately, we've spent the summer turning up. And we spent the summer doing our thing. And God is like, I want time with you. You have to prepare to spend time with God. Preparation is key. I see you in here. Social media is a hindrance for somebody. Stress. I see you, Marsha, uh, not knowing when to start. What, that, that, that's just so profound. Uh, somebody else says social media. My anxiety, the political drama, the news, turn the news off. A to the daggone man to that. Sometimes you just got to shut the world off. Move everything out the way. You look at news, you walk out depressed. You look at what's going on around the world, you walk out depressed. You look at what's going on on News 12 and Pix 11, you walk out depressed. And God is like, I need you to prepare, right? Like that stuff is going to be there. It's going to be there when you get back. But what you need is to move some stuff out the way for a little bit just to get a little time with God. So number one, you have to prepare to spend time with God. Preparation is key. But secondly, God often will break us in order to align us with his will. Again, this is one of the reasons why we don't want to get time with God, because when we get time with God, we think of this, it's this cute moment filled with uh, worship, soft worship music and burning sage. And God is like, nah, now that you want time with me, I want to wrestle. Okay. That's how God is. God is like, put on your gear because we're about to wrestle because I got some things. I got to break some things in you. Look what he does with Jacob. 
Look at what he does. In verse number 24, Jacob was left alone. Okay, so he prepared. He's finally with God. It says, and a man, we know that's God based on the, the latter part of this passage, and a man or God wrestled with him until the breaking of day. And when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. The man wrestled with him. I mean, God wrestled with him. God's wrestling math, match with Jacob wasn't a vision. It wasn't a dream. It wasn't some moment that he thought up. This actually happened. The God of the universe that created everything got low enough to get in a wrestling match with a mere man. Like the odds, I'm, re I'm reading this like a Netflix special. I'm like, Jacob is going to lose this one bad. Like I'm, I'm reading this and I'm going, it, it's no way. I don't know anybody that could win that fight. Jacob, you, the odds are stacked against you. I'm reading this going, my money is on God. But nevertheless, God not only entertained a wrestling match with Jacob. Watch this. He provoked it. You got to understand in the text, God was the aggressor. Jacob was defending himself. Jacob, see, some people will take this passage, and, and I've heard it preached as a fine example of wrestling all night in prayer with God, but that's poor exegesis to the passage because what Jacob is not doing is Jacob is not laying a hold of God to get something to, from God in prayer. God is laying a hold of Jacob because he wants to give Jacob something. Mainly, he wants to break his own self-dependence. Don't miss this. Jacob is not holding on to God. God is holding on to Jacob. In fact, the text tells me in verse 24 that a man wrestled with him. God wrestled with Jacob. Jacob didn't initially start wrestling with God. He started to defend himself. And God is like, I'm wrestling with you because I want to break your will. I, 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 I'm wrestling with you because I want you to surrender all to me. I'm wrestling with you because I want to break the things that you, the trajectory of your life and you doing life on your own terms. I want to break that in you because real spiritual growth is not dependence. Real spiritual growth is dependence on God, not self-dependence. And God is like, Jacob, you got too much will. You, 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 you got too much. In fact, he doesn't break his hip until, until uh, Jacob wrestled all night. Some of you have been in a wrestling match with God. It feels like all year. And you feel like God has abandoned you and, and you feel like God is mad at you. But the reality is he's just breaking some things in you. He's breaking some habits in you. He's breaking some dysfunctional things in you. And when I was sitting in my backyard, Josh, and I was writing down systems and structure, God is like, that's nice. But what I need is a bunch of people with broken hips. I need, a, I need a bunch of people that have spent time wrestling with me and I've got enough time with them that I've shaped them and I've molded them. And the process of getting time with God is often him breaking us. Break us, Lord. That's been my prayer all week. Break us, Lord. Help us to understand our need for you. Break us, Lord, so that we are not doing life based on how we want to do it. Break us, Lord, so that we can maximize all that you've put in us and that you can get the glory, what Epiphany needs more than anything is a bunch of people that are broken. Broken to our own will. A bunch of people that are saying, I won't let you go until you have blessed me. A bunch of people that says, I won't let you go until I've surrendered all to you. 
a bunch of people that understand that we don't know what is to, what is tomorrow holds, but God is in tomorrow. Therefore, we break our own self-will and self-dependence in order to get time with God. Break us, Lord. Can somebody put that in the chat room on Facebook and YouTube? Break us, Lord. Break us, Lord. Break us, Lord. We live in a culture that loves to maintain control. We live in a culture that loves to be the captain of our fate. How am I the captain of my fate? I'm so dysfunctional in my decision making. There is no way I should be the captain of anybody's fate. I need God to guide me. I need God to lead me. We as a church need God to direct us. You as an individual need God to walk with you and talk with you because we're so stupid and fickle. We need somebody that knows tomorrow, that knows next year, that knows the following year. So what we need is God to break our will. And how he breaks our will is he touches your hip so that you can forever walk with a limp. That's how he does it. And the reason we don't like for God to break us is because when we want God to go right, he goes left. Anyway, I don't know if that's your testimony. There are times where I'm like, God, I really want you to do this. And God is like, but you don't you don't really know. Right. There, there was something that I can, I'll share it with you next week. There was something that happened uh, two months ago that I was mad with God. In fact, I came to you and I preached a sermon about being mad with God. I was, I was, I was pissed with God. I, I, I told God a little piece of my mind. I don't know who I think I was. He's so gracious. He is sitting in heaven and this little fool talking to me any old way. And I was so angry with God. But now that I look back in retrospect, I realize that if God had given me what I wanted, I would be a mess right now. If God had given us what we wanted, the trajectory of our church would be a mess right now. And God is gracious enough to block us. God is gracious enough to go left when we want him to go right Break us, Lord, from our will. Break us, Lord, from the things that we want. So some of you have had a great summer, and you've done, you've done life over the summer on your own terms. God is like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you got that out your system, but I got to break you. I'm glad you got that out the system. Now, can you please get the Vaseline and meet me in the, in the wrestling ring? Because I got, I, got some, I got some work I got to do in you. Because I refuse to let you stand before me one day and not have maximized everything I put in you. God has put some great gifts in you, but you're squandering them so that we can have a great summer. God, break us. And I'm not just preaching to you. I'm, I'm not just beating you up. I've been a little, a little loose and lax with my spiritual walk. I've been a little loose and lax with getting time with God. If the only time I get time in the word is when I got to preach, something's wrong. I need time with God. I need a day with God. I need a moment where I disconnect from everything so that I can get time with God. You have to prepare to do that. Preparation is key. Spending time with God means you have to prepare. Point number two, God will often break us in order to align us with his will. Somebody's in the breaking process right now. Finally, I'll, I'll land the plane here. God's breaking process Actually, it reveals to us the power of our flesh. Let me say that again. Let me run that back. God's breaking process reveals to us the power of our flesh. Verse 26 says, uh, verse 26 says, then he said to him, let me go for the day has broken. The day has broken, meaning they started wrestling at night and the sun has now come up. That means 
They didn't wrestle for a little bit. They wrestled all night. Now I'm scratching my head going, God, I know you strong. I, I know you got, I've seen demons tremble. I've heard, I've seen demons be cast away simply by your presence. God, nobody has duality with you. Hold on for a second, Josh. Nobody has duality with you. I've, I've seen it. So nobody is strong. How does Jacob get time to wrestle with you all night? You know God could have broke his hip in the first two seconds. God, God could have broke him down. The fight was fixed. God could have broke him right away. But God allowed Jacob to last all night. And the reason he allowed him to last all night, because he wanted to show Jacob the power of his will. Understand this. Even after Jacob's hip is broken, he still says, I won't let go. He still was fighting. Broken hip, still fighting. I banged my toe one time and couldn't walk. He has a broken hip, but he's still holding on to God. And God allowed him all night to wrestle to show him, your flesh is strong. Don't, don't, don't deny. Don't, I, I didn't break your hip until I saw that you wouldn't let me go all night. You, you, you decided that you would, you would have your own way and your own will all night, and you would wrestle with me all night until I had to break your hip. This verse doesn't mean... Suggest to us the weakness of the Lord. Rather, it suggests, suggests the resilience of Jacob. It, it shows us the power of his flesh. In other words, the process of wrestling with God shows, uh, uh, shows us that Jacob wanted his own way. And many times God has to break. When, he, when I say he breaks our will, don't think it's an easy process because your, your self-will and your flesh is strong. I've discovered that part of the process of wrestling with God involve discovery and being confronted with your own flesh. When you get time with God, you, you get to understand how strong your flesh is, which is why we can speak in tongues and curse in the next minute. Y'all see Pastor Pam? Y'all, I don't know if y'all saw that. With the juicy box, the, the Capri Sun. It's so easy for us to be spiritual and natural at the same time because there's two natures in us. But what you see happening with Jacob is Jacob is holding on because he wants his own self-will until he understands he can't do it. And he has to say, God, bless me. God, fix me. God, get me right. God, help me to be serious about you. You know, I, I, I've often had to preach over the last six years of our church, I've often preached and found myself often pointing out to you your sinful nature, my sinful nature. Why, why do I always feel the need to point us back to our nature? When I read this passage, I realize why, because there's two natures in us. And Jacob is fighting on. He's holding on to his own will, and God breaks him so that he walks with a limp and remembers the wrestle and remembers the time with God, and remembers that the time that God broke us, and I'm convinced that we underestimate the strength of our own desires, the things that we want, the things that we want to control. We, we underestimate those things, and God is like, I know you underestimate it, and your, your flesh is strong, and so therefore I'm going to have to break you. And, you know, this doesn't only reveal the power of our flesh, it reveals the triumphal nature of our God. And how God always prevails. When we want to fight God and push against God and push against him and go with our own will, God always prevails. He always triumphs. He always wins. And so he might let you last in the ring for the night. But at the end of that thing, you'll be broken. Who is it that needs to be broken? 
Who is it that's been doing life on their own terms and kind of kind of working things out and making things happen? And you've been getting by because of your charisma. You've been getting by because you're gifting that God gave you. You've been getting by because of, you know, situations at work and you got the promotion and you've just been getting by. And that stuff worked last season, but it ain't working this season. Who is it that is tired of doing life like that? Who is it that's with me that says, you know what? I'm not going to the next season like this. I'm going in wrestling with God so that I come out with a limp because I know that limp is going to remind me of God's desires for me, not my desires for me. Play something soft. I don't know who it is that I'm preaching to, but I'm convinced. I'm, I'm, I'm so, so, so convinced that the next season that is happening personally in your life, but also collectively as a church, it's only going to be a successful season if we are growing spiritually. Some of us have normalized skimming. We've normalized surface Christianity. We've normalized. We've made it a part of our, our process. But those rhythms have to be broken because we need time with the Lord. Father, I pray for everybody that's piped on today. We don't really like to wrestle with you. You don't play fair. You, 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 you break us in ways that, that hurts us for the moment, but it's so good for us. It's so necessary for us. It's so needed for us. And somebody right now that is bucking against you and fighting against you right now. But I pray that they would get to the moment that we see in at the end of the chapter in chapter verse 32. Where we're walking away hurt. But we know it's for our good. We know that you are breaking us so that we can align with you. Father, there is no greater place. There is no place of peace like being aligned in your will. Many of us have been out of the will, out, out, of, out of what you were desiring for us. But Lord, next season, help us to get connected with you. Put people around us that remind us of the fight. Put people in our lives that remind us that God is after you and he has something in you and he wants to maximize it and get the glory out of it and pour all of it out so that the world can be blessed. God, remind us of that. Ultimately, I do pray for the church. Pray that we be a bunch of people that aren't just crossing over to cross over, but we're crossing over more healthy. That we'll get to the other side of the river more healthy than when we first started. Spiritual health. Emotional health. Physical health. Break the anxiety in us. And Lord, we thank you for the grace of being able to endure with you all night. That is your grace that you've allowed. You allow us to wrestle with you. <laughs> We thank you. We give you the praise and we give you the glory for this time. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.